does um, and looking specifically at how he is the shepherd. Now, shepherd's a good picture uh, for all sorts of reasons, but actually, the good shepherd is an international figure. So, whether you're in Pakistan, whether you're in Afghanistan, China, Hungary, or Kenya, or almost any other country in the world, you know what a good shepherd is. You've got a picture of a shepherding life. And of course, we in Yorkshire, we have our own Yorkshire shepherdess. So every Yorkshireman knows what a good shepherd uh, is uh, from Amanda Owen. It's also a picture that's timeless. So this mosaic is in uh, 425 or thereabouts AD when Ravenna was the centre of the Roman Empire and for a, a few decades was the capital, never mind Rome, it was Ravenna that things were at. And this mosaic shows Jesus as the good shepherd. You'll notice he wears a Roman toga um, and that his staff is a cross. So there's little details there that put it in a certain place and time. Jesus is our good shepherd. And even in this 21st century where we all work in offices and network online, we know what a shepherd means. Now, what have these people all got in common? You'll know the answer. I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? Otherwise, I wouldn't be here tonight. They're all shepherds. Uh, and interesting. So the patriarchs in the Old Testament, you know, even Moses and Joseph um, were, were shepherds. Amos the prophet was as well. So they're in the Old Testament right from the very beginning. We've got, a, we've got pictures of people who are shepherds that show us something of what it's like when Jesus is our shepherd. And in fact, it was Jacob who, when asked about his life, he says, he says, talks about the God who has been my shepherd unto this day. So, so there we are. Genesis, we're going to end up in Revelation in, uh, by 12 o'clock. Um, what's a shepherd in the Old Testament convey? Well, the shepherd has these sort of attributes. Uh, it is a picture of a ruler, somebody who is in charge, whether of his flock or indeed the shepherd is used uh, of, a, of a nation like you know, Moses shepherding uh, the Israelites. Uh, the shepherd's role is to protect. He cares for the flock. Jesus quoted that, didn't he? The hired hand, he sees the wolf coming. The shepherd defends the sheep. Uh, David famously killed a lion and a bear, didn't he, as a, a, a shepherd? He provides green pastures. He leads the sheep, even on the barren hillside, from place to place to find food. He cares for the sheep, and he has power over them. This is the picture of the good shepherd. And this is our Jesus. Before we've gone any further, just through the introduction, isn't that wonderful? That the God who is going to judge the world, who holds the universe in the palm of his hands, is a shepherd who promises to care for you and for me, who rules with power and yet with love for individuals. This is our Jesus. But then you'll know that David points to... Um, <clears throat> Uh, to, to, to what the shepherd is like. And Psalm 23 is the, the highlight, I guess, 
We're going to sing this at the end of the service. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me behind, beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is David who spent years, nights, days looking after the sheep, protecting them, fighting for them, leading into pastures. <clears throat> and, and, in the, and out of his mouth pours forth this song that calls the Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh, God, his shepherd. And you see this closeness of this relationship. God is a shepherd who, like David, looks after the sheep, is looking after David, is leading him beside still waters to green pastures, who's protecting him, who's even giving him a feast and who will protect him all the days of his life and take him to be with him for eternity in his house forever. You could see the outline. We're not going to spend time in it because you've heard sermons on Psalm 23 before and we're looking at the overall picture. But you see how the shepherd provides for the flock. You see how the shepherd protects the flock. And you see how the shepherd keeps the flock, preserves the flock. Now this is our Jesus, the good shepherd, one who provides for us, one who protects us, and one who preserves us and keeps us for eternity. What a wonderful saviour we have in the Lord Jesus. Now another little question for you. What have these two got in common? I'm expecting an answer, so if you're, if you're awake. <laughs> they're both crooked. No, they've both got a crook. <laughs> yes, they've both got a staff. Um, and in fact... The word scepter, which is what uh, Queen Elizabeth I is, is holding there, the, the, the word scepter is actually comes from the Latin for shepherd's staff, and it's a symbol of authority. Isn't that amazing? You know, to, I mean, it's, got, it's been coloured up a bit, hasn't it? A bit of gold and a few bits of uh, crystallised carbon at the top. But, but essentially, it's the shepherd's staff showing that the queen, king now, is a shepherd it's a symbol of being a good ruler and that's why it is that the verse in the old testament says the scepter and the it's the same word hebrew for rod and staff will not depart from judah nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he to whom it belongs shall come so this is jacob's prophecy that is looking forward to the one to whom the scepter belongs, the one who will hold that rod and staff and be the good shepherd for us. We learn from elsewhere about the nature of the good shepherd. Here is the prophecy from Isaiah 40. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on the high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, what do you say? Here is your God, behold your God. 
prophecy about the coming of the Lord Jesus. Here is your God coming as the good shepherd. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. His reward is with him. His recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that are with young. That comes in Handel's Messiah if you uh, enjoy that glorious piece of music. But what a combination of pictures. Here is the sovereign Lord coming with power. The greatest Lord, the, the, the ruler of the universe, coming with glorious power, with all the power that, that makes the atomic energy within the sun next to nothing because he created it with a word. He comes with power, but he tends his flock like a shepherd and he gathers the lambs in his arms and holds them close to his heart. If Jesus is your good shepherd, he is the powerful one who holds you as a lamb close to his heart. What a glorious thought. What, 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 what position are you in? What have you got to face tomorrow? What, 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 what difficulties or what joys lie in the week ahead? And through it all, the glorious Lord who comes with sovereign power is holding you with his arms like a shepherd who's rescued a lamb and is taking it back to the sheepfold. The predicted Messiah is the good shepherd in the Old Testament. I'll take another couple of references. First of all, from Ezekiel 34. I will save my flock and they will no longer be plundered. I will judge between one sheep and another. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David. This, of course, is a few hundred years after David, so he's referring to the promise through David's son, uh, through Solomon, down David's line, through to Jesus. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. The Messiah who comes would be not just a shepherd, but the sort of shepherd who cares for the flock, who tends the flock, at the same time as being the Lord their God. Or Jeremiah 31, he who scatters Israel will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd, for the Lord will deliver Jacob and redeem them from the hands of those stronger than they. This is our Jesus. Um, let's take another prophecy here. Um, first of all, from Micah. You'll be hearing these words, I'm sure, quoted as a prophecy as we get nearer Christmas. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, although you're small among the clans of Judah, you will... Out of you will come one who will be a ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old. He's eternal. He's, he's not created. He always was from ancient times. And he will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. This babe who was to be born in Bethlehem, this helpless one that God sent to be incarnate in human flesh, to be our saviour by identifying with us. He is at the same time the Lord who was from ancient times, the eternal God, and he will shepherd 
his flock in the strength of the Lord. Or Zechariah 11. So I shepherded the flock marked for slaughter, and particularly the oppressed of the flock. God cares particularly for those who are struggling and oppressed. I told them, if you think it best, give me my pay, but if not, keep it. So they paid me the 30 pieces of silver, looking ahead to when Jesus would be betrayed by Jesus. And the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter. And then a verse further on. Awake, sword, against my shepherd and against the man who is closer to me, said the Lord Almighty. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Jesus quoted those verses, uh, if you remember. But what is extraordinary about that passage? It, isn't it amazing how scripture fits together? You know, it's created by 40 different men over 1,600 years, whatever it is, and yet it perfectly dovetails to point to Jesus. No ordinary book. This is God's book. So here he's talking about the good shepherd, but he's talking about how he'll be betrayed by 30 pieces of silver and the reference to the potter's field. And then you see from here, who is it who kills the good shepherd so that the sheep will be scattered? It is the Lord God who strikes the shepherd. So even as the Old Testament pre prophesies that the Messiah will come, even as it points to his character as a good and caring shepherd, here we see him dying for his sheep. But more than that, we see it is God who puts him to death. When Jesus, our good shepherd, laid his life down on the cross, he wasn't dying because of because people had handed him over. He wasn't dying because religious leaders were jealous of his authority. He wasn't dying because the Romans thought he was a traitor and, and put anyone they thought was a baddie on the cross. Jesus was dying because his father put him on the cross so that he would bear our sin. And as he took our sin on his shoulders, he, the sinless son of God, the perfect Lamb of God, who at the same time as our shepherd, the one who'd done no wrong, God punished him. God struck him because he was covered in our sin. Now this is our Jesus. This is our amazing saviour. This is our Lord. This is your good shepherd if you have come to him and know him as saviour. And then we come to the New Testament. And with all that background, with all that um, implication and meaning behind the Good Shepherd, we come to the Lord Jesus, who says, I am the Good Shepherd. Now, Jesus uses, there are the seven famous I am's, but in fact, there are I am's dotted about. That's another, another subject for another time, Jesus, the great I am. But when Jesus takes the words, I am, on his lips, he's using a peculiar dis, um, grammatical construction that emphasizes, I am, because Jehovah Yahweh God is the God who is the I am. He gave his name to Moses in the Old Testament all the way through when you see the Lord in capitals. That is the name I am. And then Jesus takes these words upon himself to show that he is God. And so when he says, I am the good shepherd, 
you see so much meaning within these, uh, these verses. Uh, let, me, let me illustrate. So, what does this passage, we read it earlier, what does it signify? First of all comes the I am, the Yahweh. Jesus walking on this earth, sinless and irreproachable life, takes the divine name, the Yahweh name, upon his lips and says, I am the good shepherd. So in this passage where he talks about the role of the shepherd and his death and his resurrection, he's calling himself God, the Lord. But then more than that, he's calling himself the good shepherd. He's not saying I'm a good shepherd, oh, there's loads of good shepherds, I'm a, I'm a good one, I'm compared with everyone else, I'm quite good. He's saying I am the good shepherd. So he's saying, all that you've read about, all that you know about the Messiah that promised to be shepherd-like, to be David, uh, to, to, to be the one who cares for the flock, I am that person. I am the good shepherd that you've been waiting for all these years, the one that God promised who would come. He calls himself the good shepherd. And he means that he's ultimately the holy and gracious one. He just doesn't mean you know like you say well that was a that was a good sandwich or, or whatever you know it, it's stronger than that as he shows in in the paragraph you know the nature of the good shepherd who will protect the flock who will give his life for the flock who will feed the flock i am that good shepherd <clears throat> and we've already thought about the implications of the name shepherd caring leading feeding protecting etc all the context, as it were, that comes from what they knew of a shepherd's life and role in the Middle East in the first century, all the baggage that comes from the Old Testament that's attached to that word. Jesus is the good shepherd. But then he talks about the ultimate sacrifice for us. He lays down his life for the sheep. He knew what was coming, not just because he could foretell the future, but because that was why he came. The only reason he came to earth was to give his life for us. He could have given us the Sermon on the Mount via a prophet. He could have given us parables via a prophet if he'd wanted to. But the one thing he couldn't do without coming to be a man was to die in our place on the cross. He came to give his life for us. And we see him there, as it were, opposed to the false, selfish shepherds that they've known so far. That man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But astonishingly, this God who became man cares in the depth of his being for his sheep. He loves us more than we can possibly appreciate even when we see him hanging on the cross, bearing our sin and suffering in our place, we've not understood the depth of his love. He is the good shepherd who knows his sheep, who cares for his sheep. <clears throat> and so we see... Um, oh, sorry, I'm... Not, looking at my notes, not paying attention up there. Um, so we see that... Jesus cares so very much. The hired hand cares nothing. Jesus, really, truly, unselfishly, 
cares because he gives himself for us. <clears throat> then we see he's personal because the Lord is my shepherd and I know my sheep, he says. It's not a generic thing. It's to do with you as individuals. Yes, there is a sense in which we are all the body of Christ and we're the flock of Christ and God leads the flock and we follow. But here Jesus says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. If they hear my voice, they follow. He is your personal shepherd. Well, unless he's not yet your personal shepherd and you've yet to follow him. But there's this closeness of relationship, this one-to-one -one, uh, loving bond between you and the Good Shepherd. He is yours and you are his forever and forever. A personal relationship here. Uh, we see him as our close friend. This, this knowledge, this intimacy, the, the fact he knows all about us, knows our lives, knows our wrongs, our rights, our thoughts, our aspirations, our history, and indeed our future. And still he is the closest friend that you can possibly imagine. And it is for me. I lay down my life for the sheep, says Jesus. He died for you as an individual. I don't understand it because he died for the world. His death was sufficient. He paid a ransom price, as it were, for, that was big enough to cover the world. And yet it is personal for you when you respond to the love of Jesus and say, thank you, Jesus, for loving me, for dying for me, for rising again. I want to follow you as the good shepherd. I confess my sin and I ask you to be the saviour. It is for you. And this is our Jesus. This is the glory, the wonder of this theme tonight. Jesus is the good shepherd who, who conveys all this in these words. <clears throat> Let me share with you some words of Samuel Rutherford, a famous preacher from 400 years ago. Uh, his, uh, his last words were, and, and just look at this confidence that he has. I shall sleep in Christ, and when I awake, I shall be satisfied with his likeness. This night shall close the door and put my anchor within the veil, and I shall go to sleep by five in the morning. I don't know how you know that, really, when he's on death's door, but, but apparently he did die by five in the morning. But, 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 but never mind that. Just listen to this. I, I shall go away in a sleep by five in the morning. Glory, glory to my creator and my redeemer forever. I shall live and adore him. Glory, glory dwelleth in, my, in Emmanuel's land. This confidence that as he was dying, his anchor was in eternity with Jesus. That he would go to sleep and when he wake up, he would be in heaven with him. And Anne Cousins, I think it was, who wrote the hymn based on these last words. The bride eyes not her garments, but her dear bridegroom's face. When I get to heaven, I'm not going to look around and say, oh, that's interesting over there. Oh, well, I never knew. It says here, the bride eyes not her garment, but her dear bridegroom's face. I will not gaze at glory, 
but on my King of grace. Not at the crown he giveth, but on his pierced hand. The Lamb is all the glory of Emmanuel's land. So when we go from this world to the next, we're looking forward to seeing the Lord Jesus. That is what it is all about. And so it's fitting that when we get to heaven, we shall see the good shepherd. For the lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There's so many pictures in there, aren't there? You know, it's the lamb, the sacrificial lamb, who, who even in heaven has the marks of the, the, of the fact he died for us. There's the fact he will be the shepherd. You know, he's the one who's kept us through this life. And when we go into the next life, into glory, to heaven, we will recognize him there as our shepherd. And he's there in the center of the throne because he's God, he's one with the the Trinity, and we shall gaze on him and we shall see him in his glory. And he will lead us to springs of living water. And you've got pictures of the, the rivers that flew out of Eden. You've got water in, in Ezekiel's temple giving life. You've got Jesus saying, you know, whoever thirsts, come to me and I will drink. And then you've got this picture, this tender, extraordinarily loving, close, compassionate tender tenderness of the Lord Jesus he shall wipe away every tear from your eyes who's wiped your tears it's, it's just not something we do is it since being a little child or perhaps you have a loved one who even in your distress has wiped your tears from your eyes but when we get to heaven the shepherd the good shepherd who gave his life for us is the one who will hold us so close and so tenderly that he will cleanse us from, from that stress and that memory and we shall know eternal joys because we shall be with him and there will be no more death, there will be no more sin, there will be no more sorrow because he, the lamb who is the good shepherd, is the glory of, of, of eternity. Now, these verses from Revelation actually quote from the Old Testament so first we've got a quote from Isaiah uh, 49. And the, the image there, if you look at the context, we're not going to do that now. God's restored people are fed, pastured, guided, comforted and filled with joy by a compassionate God. So John, as he sees this vision in Revelation, as he, as he pictures the one who will lead them to springs of living water, is, is harking back to Isaiah's promise that God would care for them and, and the people would be restored and they would be blessed so deeply. And then the last phrase comes from Isaiah 25 where you get a glorious banquet on the mountain of the Lord where there's this feasting time and people who love the Lord come together for this extraordinary feast, picturing the wedding feast, I guess, that there will be in heaven, this sense of joy and and, and excitement uh, together. But the context in Isaiah 25, it talks about death being destroyed and his people rejoicing in his salvation. This is our good shepherd. 
pictured in the Old Testament, lived in Jesus, dying on the cross for us, risen again, and the good shepherd who will welcome us into heaven for eternity. We've seen how the shepherd kings in the Old Testament model good leadership. We've seen David the shepherd pointing to God's shepherd heart. We've seen the predicted Messiah would be a good shepherd. We've seen Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. And there is the good shepherd in heaven. If he's your good shepherd, then just rejoice in such a God and your relationship with him. If he's not your good shepherd, he's seeking the lost lamb and longing that you will come back into the fold and enter that relationship with him. We're going to sing as we finish, The Lord's My Shepherd. Now, I do like the modern version with its chorus and the descant, and I will trust in him always, but we're having the traditional version tonight because it includes all the verses from Psalm 23. And as we sing through it in the older version, just, just enjoy each verse and think of what Jesus does for us. Thank you. <laughs>